Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. How's everyone doing today? All right. So as we come into this space, I need to pray. So will you please pray with me? God who shows up, who is with us, who is present, who speaks to us, be in this space. Lord, as we uh, listen to your word, as we uh, process what you have for us today, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it's good to be here. It's been kind of a crazy couple weeks. I've had a lot of people ask me about moving, so I figured I would just give a little update on that since there's been a lot of asking. We moved three weeks ago. It feels like three years ago. And we moved from an 800 square foot to a 2,700 square foot, where every floor has 100 square feet more than our last house had in the one floor. So it is nice to not be on top of each other. It is nice to have room to say, go play, go. It is nice for the dog to be able to wag his tail and not hit a child in the face. Um, If you've seen our dog, he's a massive 118-pound black lab, and he loves everyone and everything, and so does his tail. (laughs) But it has been quite the adventure the last couple weeks, and we have a few more transitions coming in the next couple weeks, and then hopefully can take a deep breath and just breathe through it. And so if I seem slightly scattered and chaotic today, I apologize. We'll get there. We'll get there together, right? So we have been journeying through the Gospel of Matthew. And we are in this series called In Focus. And what I love about this this series, I was talking to Chris about this a little bit earlier. What I love about this series is so often when we're reading through the Gospels, it's easy to talk about the disciples. Or it's easy to talk about where do we fit in. But in our series In Focus, we are looking at Jesus. We are putting Jesus in the center and focusing on him. Because Matthew 16 is where Jesus turns from kind of this journey of discipleship and this journey of wandering through Israel. And he turns his face toward Jerusalem, toward his death, toward his resurrection. And our passage today is the first time that Jesus' identity is said out loud. And so we're going to start with Matthew 16, 13 through 20 is what we're going to be looking at. But I'm going to break it up. I'm going to kind of try to pull a Chris. I don't preach this way very often, so let's see how it goes. So verse 13 and 14. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So Jesus is wandering through Israel with his disciples, and they come into Caesarea Philippi. Now, Caesarea Philippi is named after Caesar, the king, the leader. And so Jesus is wandering into a community, into a region that is predominantly Gentile, not specifically Jewish, and that has a strong Roman relationship. 
So they come into this region, and Jesus asks the question, who do people say I am? William Barclay, a New Testament commentator, writes this about Caesarea Philippi. The area was scattered with temples of the ancient Syrian Baal worship. Hard by Caesarea Philippi, there rose a great hill in which was a deep cavern. And that cavern was said to be the place of the, the birthplace of the great god Pan, a god of nature. In Caesarea Philippi, there was a great temple of white marble built to the god of, godhead of Caesar. So this is a place that has a lot of pagan influence. A lot of gods, little g, right, that they worshipped, that were born there, that resided in that community. Barclay goes on to say, It is as if Jesus is deliberately set himself against the background of the world's religion in all their history and splendor, and demanded to be compared to them and to have the verdict given in his favor. So Jesus brings up identity in a place that there are many, many gods. He brings up the question, who do people say I am, in a world where naming gods is pretty normal. Oh, you're Pan. Oh, you are the god of Caesar. Oh, you are this Greek god who we worship, or this other pagan god. Being named as Messiah, as Savior or King, is dangerous in this environment because it is a community devoted to the Roman King. And so being named as King, named as Messiah, named as Savior, is being asked to be put to death. But Jesus brings up his identity in a place that is dangerous. Now, I don't agree with William Barclay here, because if you remember at the end of that quote of William Barclay, he says that Jesus deliberately sets himself up to be the winner, to have the verdict given in his favor. But that sets Jesus up as egotistical, as narcissistic, as kind of self-centered. That's not the Jesus that I see in this question. The Jesus that I see is a Jesus who truly wants to create space for others to explore who he is in the midst of all their reality and discern why they are following him. In the midst of a world where the disciples can look around and see literal figures of all the different gods, Jesus says, who do people say I am? Why would people follow me? What's, what's my identity? And the disciples tell him, this is who people say you are. They say you're John the Baptist. Come back. Your head's no longer on a platter. They say you're Elijah. Come back from the dead. That you're Jeremiah, one of the greatest prophets of all time. Or any of the prophets. And Jesus says, okay, cool. That's what other people say. And in verse 15, he goes on. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you who have been following me, who have been walking with me, who I called from the boats and the tax collector's booths, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, oh, Simon Peter, Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. 
often when we hear this passage, we hear about Peter, because Peter's something special. However, I want to stay focused on Jesus. Jesus, the one who is not asking out of ego, but asking from a leadership perspective, asks the question, but who do you say I am? Is this a test? Or is it curiosity? Is it a space of saying you're either going to get this right or you're done? There's one answer, better answer it. Or is it a space of Jesus saying, has my teaching been effective? Has my ministry been one where you have experienced God in a new way? Where you have seen me at work? What, what, what is your experience with me? Who do you say I am? And Peter steps up and says, you are the king, the savior, the one who will defeat the Roman Empire, the Messiah, the son of the living God. He names Jesus as the one who will bring freedom and will bring redemption of Israel. Eric Barreto, a professor at Princeton Theological Seminary, writes, these questions of Jesus' identity are stated as sharply as any other account of Jesus' ministry. Gathered in Caesarea Philippi, amongst all the other gods, Jesus wonders aloud what the crowds are saying about him, but more importantly, what the disciples think. It's another way of saying, why are you following me? Why have you left everything you know? Who do you say I am? And Peter answers, because you are king and God is alive. In Jesus' curiosity, in his asking with compassion and grace, truth prevails. Truth comes out. And as that truth comes out, in verse 17, Jesus answered Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So in the face of truth, in the face of identifying why Peter follows Jesus, because he is king and God is alive, Jesus blesses. Jesus calls Simon by name, and he gives glory to God. In the revelation and revealing of Jesus' true identity, Jesus responds with blessing and love. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. When we speak truth about Jesus, Jesus sees us and blesses us. He calls us by name, just as he did with Peter just as he did with Simon in this space. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, you're blessed. But he goes on in verse 18 and says, and I tell you, you are Peter. In a space of naming who Jesus truly is, we are blessed and we are renamed. 
Jesus is the one who calls us by name, and he calls us by a new name as we identify in a new creation. Peter acknowledges in the midst of so many choices that Jesus is king. And Jesus says, you have a new name. Your new name is Peter or Petros, which in Greek means rock. A new name is that new identity. And it creates a new answer to the question, why did you leave everything to follow me? Peter left everything to follow Jesus because Jesus is the bringer of new creation for Peter. New identity, new life, new mission. But again, Jesus doesn't stop there. He starts with blessing, he goes to renaming, and then in verse 18 through 20, Jesus continues, And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus blesses Peter. Jesus renames Peter, and then Jesus empowers Peter. Jesus is the one who empowers and sends out. Out of blessing and out of naming, Jesus sends Peter on a mission. He gives the power of the church. This is the beginning of this whole movement. The movement of people who name Jesus as king, the son of a living God, that proclaim God is alive. This moment is the beginning of that movement. It comes out of blessing by the one who renames and empowers and sends out. Jesus is the king in the midst of all the choices of God's. Do we hold on to that as a community of faith? We live in a world where there are a lot of gods, just like the Romans and the pagans did. As a matter of fact, I have one right here. I've got a whole orchard of them. We can choose, like Peter, had a choice. And honestly, a lot of times in our world, just like in Caesarea Philippi, there are things in front of us that are, look a lot more pleasing than maybe leaving behind everything we had. But when we really focus in on the one who asks the question, who do you say I am? We are given an opportunity to make a choice between things that will fade and die and things that are living and life-giving forever. Just like the people of Caesarea Philippi, just like the disciples, we get to ask the question, why did we leave everything to follow him? What am I doing here? What's this life really about? 
why do I choose to show up, to listen to some random person speak, to talk to my kids in a way that's respectful and loving, to serve in a ministry, whatever that looks like, whether it's State Farm or Home Sweet Home or anything in between. Why do I choose to worship this God? And when we look at Jesus, we see a God who is living and present and transforms lives. That in the midst of questioning and craziness, and we'll see next week uncertainty and saying stupid stuff, God, in Jesus, continues to bless, to rename, and to empower his followers. And that's what makes it worth it. At the end of this passage, in verse 20, Jesus then sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. And that's a weird thing to think about. Because often we think as followers of Jesus that we're supposed to go out into the world and tell everyone about this. That's our call. We are empowered. You just empowered Peter to be the rock that the church is built on. How can we not go out and tell? What do you mean we have to be quiet? And this is the only the second and last place that Jesus orders this. The first is in the transformation. When they are up on the mountain and the spirit descends upon Jesus and you hear, you are the son of God. And Jesus tells the disciples, stay quiet. Don't tell anyone about this. But here we are again where Jesus, in the midst of a community of Gentiles, of other gods, says, guys, let's just keep this to us for a second. Because this will play out. This will come to light. I am committed to this mission. I am committed to this journey But today in this moment is not the moment to speak that. You know it as my followers. And you will have a chance to bring this to the Gentiles. But today, that is not the moment. And so in the silence afterward, where they stand together holding this truth that Jesus is the Messiah, that they've been blessed, that they are renamed, that they are empowered. They stand in the silence with Jesus, not in his ego, not in this king power that's going to go and destroy Jerusalem. They stand in community. And we stand with them 2,000 years later. Because Jesus blesses those he calls. Jesus renames his followers with purpose. And Jesus empowers his followers to be the church, to be the body of Christ on earth. As we name him as king and son of a living God, he empowers us to speak, to act, to love, to care in the right moment and to remain silent vocally in those spaces that maybe aren't ready for hearing his word quite yet. But to continue to show up 
to continue to live into our blessing, to live into our new name as a new creation, and to live into the power that he gives. For Jesus knew that the world was about to see him in a very different way. But we don't know what God has for us yet. So may we be a people who live into our blessing, live into our naming, live into our empowering, and wait for God to give us the go-ahead to change the world. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who sees, who loves, who guides, who holds us. Give us the opportunity to answer your question, who do you say I am? And may we answer out of the truth that you are a living God who shows up, who blesses us, who renames us, who empowers us and sends us out into the world with a new identity, a new calling, a blessing that goes beyond anything we can ever imagine. And in those silent spaces and those loud spaces, may we be the vessel, your rock, the church that shares your blessing, your naming, and your empowering with all others. Fill us, O oh Lord. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. And all God's children said, amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.